right. Welcome to core doctrine number three as we work through the faith and work Bible uh, this year uh, over the next six months. Every uh, Monday and Friday, we'll bring you a new core doctrine from this NIV Faith and Work Bible. And this one, this week, is our third one, and it's called The Fall. And it talks about Genesis chapter 3, specifically Genesis 3-6. And I'm going to go ahead and read a bunch of stuff from chapter 3 so that we can um, tackle that real quick, starting off at the beginning. Chapter 3 of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden and in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. I'll skip down here to uh, verse 16. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to, to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. This is Lord God speaking to the woman. To Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat the food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust, you, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And I'll skip down to verse 23. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So that's the end of chapter 4 there. And, you know, the fall had a huge effect on Adam and Eve, and it has a huge effect on us today. Let me go ahead and read the first paragraph, just a sentence or two from this uh, core doctrine here. Um, 
just a couple of pages in this NIV Bible. So hopefully as uh, listeners listen to this, maybe they can get a copy of it and follow along. Um, when Adam and Eve deliberately disobeyed God, they, ser- they severed their relationship with him. As a result, their sense of identity, security, and purpose was confused. Their rebellion negatively impacted their relationships, and as a result, creation itself was changed. They no longer loved God first and foremost. Rather, other desires began to rule over and enslave them. I thought that was a really good paragraph just to read um, because it talks about, you know, the way we are as humans. You know, we, we're just, generally speaking, always looking out for ourselves. I'm going to go ahead and skip down to a little bit um, further down in this uh, these couple of pages that this core doctrine goes through. And um, it goes like this. It's the connecting section that you'll see in there. Many of us tend to think our sin affects only us as individuals, but the Bible teaches that the fall has vast implications. Adam and Eve's sin led to a broken relationship with God and to brokenness throughout society. No one and no place in our world is unaffected. Even the secret sins we commit are not isolated. Sin has a remarkable ripple effect, touching those around us and everything we do. That means sin affects our work. Not only is our work marked by toil and frustration as a result of the fall, it is also tainted by our particular personal sins. So that brings us to a couple of questions we'll consider today before we're done. First one is, how does sin affect your work? How does it affect relationships with with coworkers or the quality of your work? As I thought about that today, um, thought about sins that I see at work, and I, one that pops up from time to time is just, just selfishness. When we pick something that benefits ourselves to the detriment of others, you know, maybe that's a situation where someone seeking a promotion uh, works hard to make someone else look bad so that he gets the promotion instead of that someone else, or maybe laziness creeps in and we just choose, you know, pleasure or leisure over doing the hard work. You know, we kind of choose to accept, you know, lousy, lazy performance over good performance. And that's just choosing selfishly when we choose ourselves, our own leisure over the performance of the organization. The next question that I want to just briefly hit is, How can we bring redemption to our work? How can we let Christ into our work? As I thought about that question today, Christ's example for us was so good, right? He chose sacrificially to do the work he was called to do by his Father. He knew it was important. And he knew it was important to choose that work over his desire to avoid a painful death on the cross. He chose to do the work, even though it was painful. He persevered. He finished the work that God called him to do. 
So maybe as we contemplate our own jobs today, even though we have been separated from God due to the fall that we read about in Genesis chapter 3, maybe we should remember that, that Christ's redeeming work has given us a path back to God. It sets us on a journey to begin to get back to the true reason why each of us should work, to bring glory to God. And I think we would all agree that that God will bless that which he has called us to do. He calls us to significant work, each of us, each of us differently. But when we answer that call, our work will have meaning. It will restore and renew us as we put effort and energy into that which God has called us to do. So hopefully that's helpful to think about today. I'll go ahead and go into prayer for us. Lord, thank you for um, this teaching about the fall as we read through Genesis 3. And help us to remember the redeeming work that Christ did. That and the example that he gave us in, in choosing to do the hard work that God called him to do. Help us to do the same so that we can uh, fulfill uh, what you put us on earth here to do and, and in that find significance and meaning in our work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.